This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears. Multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. I've always had a knack for art and just always had a passion and appreciation for the wildlife, especially those with antlers. I did my first piece. It was a, a loud and proud, a big elk bugle and with mist coming out of its mouth. And uh, it sold in about three or four hours. When I look at it, I always have to kind of weigh, you know, how's that going to look in my style, in my medium, you know, the white on black. They come back to me and say, Design's awesome. We love everything about it. But can you make the antlers a little bigger? I'm like, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> Be careful when you're trying to turn your passion and your hobby into your job, because it's it doesn't always turn out the way you expect it. You don't have to have a killer logo to have a successful business. Having a killer logo only helps. I try to take those those feelings that you have inside, you know, that fear or whatever it is, and and turn it into almost like a like an adrenaline rush, you know, a thrill. This is Joel Pilcher, and you are listening to Living Country in the City. Y'all ready for your dose of flyover state spirit? Straight from the concrete jungle? Well, put down your latte and pull on your boots. It's time for Living Country in the City. Hey, y'all, welcome to episode 91 of Living Country in the City. You know, I absolutely love running this podcast. It has been responsible for making so many amazing connections with all y'all out there, as well as some amazing guests here within the hunting industry. However, I do have to admit there are definitely times when it becomes a struggle with all the work that's required to release an episode. And as y'all may have noticed, I've had to cut back just a little bit and haven't been quite as consistent on my regular weekly releases. Now, one way that y'all can help with that is by heading on over to my support page. There are lots of really simple ways that you can help support Living Country in the City and really be part of its growth and development. Stuff like sharing the podcast with your friends or leaving a rating or review on iTunes or Stitcher. You can check out my affiliate links and use those when you do your shopping for hunting gear. Or you can buy some merch in the Living Country in the City store. 
But if you really, really want to take that next step, if you're a big fan of the podcast, you've been listening for a while and want to join the family, head on over to my Patreon page and commit to giving a small monthly amount. Even a commitment of only a dollar a month is huge and comes with some really awesome rewards. Just think, a dollar a month, that's $12 a year. That's got to be less than, what, two Starbucks coffees. And you can become an absolutely integral part of living country in the city. So make sure y'all check that out at livingcountryinthecity.com slash support. Also, a huge shout out to Sawyer Products for their continual support of the podcast. They have been here with me for quite a while now, and and I cannot say enough about them or their gear. Make sure y'all check them out at sawyer.com if you need any of those essential products for the outdoors, stuff like water filtration, first aid, sunscreen, or insect repellent. You can't go wrong with Sawyer. All right, y'all, on to today's episode. I hop on the line with Mr. Joel Pilcher. Y'all may recognize him from some of his incredible art pieces on Instagram relating to the outdoors, uh, especially elk. Those are my absolute favorites of his drawings. We have a really great conversation about hunting and actually talk a little bit about starting uh, starting out a hunting brand or in the hunting industry. So I hope you all enjoy episode 91 with Joel Pilcher. All right, y'all, welcome to episode 91 of Living Country in the City. I am here on the line with Joel Pilcher. Got it right the first time. Nice. There we go. Well, I guess after, <laughs> after several attempts at practicing. Thanks so much for hopping on, man. You bet. Happy to be here. So I uh, always like to start out with uh, just a little background about yourself. You know, how, um, how did you really kind of get into hunting and the outdoors initially and maybe even uh you know you are you're pretty big with some of the the outdoor drawings of of wildlife maybe talk a little bit about how you got started in that as well okay yeah well i was i was born and raised in utah and uh my dad my dad's you know always hunted and i just started with him you know when i was a kid as soon as i was big enough to hike the mountain with him i started going out and uh yeah, we'd hike, you know, we'd hunt uh, along the Wasatch, kind of on the backside of the Wasatch. If anybody's familiar, we used to go up uh, Diamond Fork Canyon all the time. That was my dad's favorite place to hunt. So I have a lot of memories hiking, you know, getting up early. It wasn't too far from home, so get up early, and you know, before the sun be up, and we'd head out and drive up the canyon and find a spot to park. And then, you know, I, I was probably six or seven years old when I first started going with him and it just continued on from there. You know, we'd go, we were, we were, you know, weekend hunters. We'd go once, one or two wake, weekends a year, just go out. And I, I've told this story before, but uh, my dad was a, a carpenter when I was young. And so we'd have a, he'd get laid off every winter. So when hunting season came around, he'd, we'd actually depend on, the meat that we'd get from the hunt to kind of support our family throughout the winter as far as, you know, having, having that food for our family to eat. So it was, uh, it was, a, it was a cool experience. It was, it was really neat being brought up that way and kind of the understanding the importance that can come from hunting and, you know, to, to be able to harvest that food and actually use it as, necessary sustenance for your family um so it was, it was pretty cool to to live in that situation later on he started his own company and became a general contractor and things got better and 
you know, so hunting became more of a more 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 fun and less, less <laughs> necessary. <laughs> Gotta fill the freezer. So, it was, yeah, right. But yeah, I mean, we've we've always been active in the outdoors. You know, outside of hunting, you know, we camp and fish, and um, we do a lot of off-roading, um, four-wheeling. I do. I personally do a lot of mountain biking as well. And so it's just been part of my lifestyle, you know, from a very early age. So it's uh, I, I I mentioned to you earlier that uh, I don't do I don't hunt as much as most, but when I do, I really really enjoy it. So it's it's great. But that all that I think my appreciation of that the outdoors, appreciation of hunting, appreciation of the wildlife, um, that's what really pushed me towards that with towards wildlife art with my artistic talent i've always had a knack for art and just always had a a passion and appreciation for the wildlife especially those with antlers you know i always love <laughs> mule deer and elk just couldn't couldn't get enough of them and it's a good thing because i get enough of them you know drawn them. <laughs> i've drawn i don't know hundreds and hundreds of antlers you know antlered animals over the course of my career i mean they're like crazy especially elk they're like something you would see out of some like fantasy novel like if if you're describing them to someone that had never heard of them yeah it it would be hard to believe that they're real you know i was just thinking that just the other day i just finished a piece i call it it, it's titled war cry Mm -hmm. and it's this close-up shot of this elk that's just screaming and as I was drawing that, I was I started thinking about that. I think I think you know those of here in America, in the United States, and especially in the West, sometimes I think we take for granted how amazing and unique a creature the elk is. And like you said, it's almost fantastical, you know, because just the the bugling and the look of it, and the antlers, and how they you know shed them every year and grow them back so quickly. And it's just, I mean, they're incredible animals. And I mean, they're my favorite to draw. By oh, far, yeah. I mean, you see that on my page, oh, on yeah. my page, and my content. <laughs> People want me to try other things. I'm like, okay, but first, let me draw another out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, what? Could you imagine though, if nobody had ever heard of them or seen them, and you're describing them? You're like, well, it it's like a horse, but it's kind of like the proportions of a cow. It's like as broad as a cow would be, and it makes this high-pitched screaming noise and it and it has antlers that are like six feet long or you know and then like you said yeah it loses them every year but regrows them in a course of a few months and and like it's just insane and it it can move silently through the forest you it can move through the forest without you ever knowing it's there and then the you know the rut that time of year with all all the fighting and the competition between the males and it, I mean it's just can you imagine like what it was like for like Lewis and Clark you know some of the first Jeez. Europeans to come over and explore the Western United States and see see those animals and their behavior it must have been just unreal have been cool <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy um, but yeah so uh, talking about your your uh, your art a bit. You come from a family of artists, right? Am, am I correct? And if I remember that correctly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, my well, my my grandparents, and I've got aunts and uncles that are artistic and creative. I have um, 
have one aunt that is a professional artist, has been her whole life. And then my in my immediate family, I've got um, siblings. Um, I've got my older brother. He doesn't do artwork, but he's extremely creative. He does a lot of creative writing and marketing, that kind of stuff. Um, and then I've got two sisters that are both professional artists. That, um, they've worked as full-time artists at one time or another. My one sister is still doing it a ton and making a really, really good living with it. She licenses a lot of uh, patterns and stuff to different textile companies. I've got a, a little brother as well that is a graphic designer. He actually uh, worked on the creative team for us at Mountain Ops back when I was there. So that was a lot of fun being able to work that close with him. But yeah, it's it kind of, I guess it's in the blood. <laughs> well, I remember one of, uh, I, I don't think I've seen it in a while. I may just have missed it on your page. But one of the things I used to absolutely love that you would post was uh, the like, I don't even know what to call them, but the <laughs> each of you would have basically kind of this the same art assignment, uh, the same like right. idea of you know draw draw an eagle or something like that, and each of you would draw it in your own style, and you'd you'd share that and share the time lapses you guys drawing. I just thought that yeah. was the coolest dang thing. That was so cool <laughs> to see. Yeah, we called that uh, we called that sketchy fam. That's right. And that's that's, right. that's basically how we'd, we'd have a prompt each morning, and we'd say, "Okay, today here's what we're drawing," and then we'd all draw the same subject, but in our own unique styles. And it was very, very different um, styles and techniques that each of us had. So it was cool to see the comparison, and and we got, I mean, we got tons of positive feedback on it. It just it got so time consuming. <laughs> that uh, those me mainly me and my sister the two of us that do it like full time as a profession it was cutting into our work time so much that mm -hmm. uh, we had to had to back off a little bit and we've considered starting it up again i don't know it's just it was a <laughs> lot of fun but it wasn't it was a ton of work too well from one fan i i wholeheartedly encourage it even if it was just like once a week or <laughs> couple times a month it was it was just it was cool to see uh just because I've always been I've always been a creative person you know I, a very little bit of an artist but I was never much of a I I was never much of a sketcher um and it was always a skill that I wish I had developed more and worked on more and had more of an eye for and so just watching that and seeing all the different styles and stuff i was a huge fan of the page, so of the sketchy fam page. Oh, cool! So I'll, have to, <laughs> I'll have to bring him up with him. See, see if we can work something out. But it actually, it it started because so I, I'd been doing uh, graphic design and illustration for for years, probably years, probably a decade or so. And it was just last. Let's see, it's been about a year, year and a half ago that I decided I really wanted to try to do this wildlife art thing on, on the fine art side of it and kind of move a little bit away from the, the computer graphics. And when I decided to do that, I thought I need to, I need to polish my skills. You know, the, I've gotten rusty on the hand drawing side of it. And so I decided I'm just going to start sketching every day. I actually got the idea from uh, another artist, wildlife artist that I follow, um, Ryan Kirby, incredible oil painter. But he was doing uh, daily sketches. So I'm like, okay, that, that looks like that. You know, that, that's probably something that would help me out. So I started doing that, and then my siblings saw it, and that's where we started. Um, they kind of jumped on. We started doing the sketchy fam. But those for those, it was almost six months that we did that. 
it improved my my drawing skills so much just from that practice. And so anyway, you you want to get better at sketching? Just do a sketch a day. <laughs> just do it. It'll yeah. work. It'll help you out. Guarantee it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think uh, I think a stick figure a day isn't going to do do too <laughs> too much for my drawing skills. I don't know. I used to uh, I used to do a lot of those. I was always always the one thing I was always really good at is, uh, you know, the I think everyone did it in their elementary school art class or their high school art class where you take a you take like a picture from a magazine and you put a grid over it and then you flip it upside down and you transfer basically each square bit by bit and you just focus on that little square and, you know, then erase the grid and suddenly you have this whole image and teaches you to just focus on the little elements and stuff. I was dang good at that i could do that all day long but then if you if you asked me to actually draw a face i was terrible at it i actually for my for my larger my larger pieces i use a grid system to lay it out just because if it's smaller i can you know just freehand sketch it and get proportions well but when you get working at that you know at that much bigger size it's harder to keep kind of i guess keep track of the proportions across the canvas or across the artboard and so using that grid system helps a lot for me to kind of keep things proportionate throughout. So it's a good, good tip, good technique. <laughs> so you were saying you started, really started in on the wildlife art about a, a year and a half ago? Yeah, yeah. So when I started, you know, I started actually trying to sell it. You know, I'd always drawn wildlife, especially, um, you know, I'd hand illustrate deer and elk to work into um, T-shirt designs and other marketing collateral but it was only a year and a half ago where I said, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a big piece and see if I can sell it online through my social media, which I had a, I had a small following because it just I actually started getting followers when I started carving skulls. I did that for just a short amount of time. I think I remember and seeing a few a of, of those too. Yeah. Yeah. I got quite a bit of attention for that, but it was just, just didn't, I had fun doing it. It was, it was really fun, really cool, but didn't quite fit into the direction that I wanted to go. So, but yeah, I did my first piece. It was a, a loud and proud, big elk bugling with mist coming out of its mouth and uh, put it up for sale. And it, it sold in about three or four hours. So really surprised me. <laughs> but I was like, all right, okay, that's, that's what I was looking for. That was a, you know, kind of the signal or sign to tell me, yeah, this, you know, there might be something here. You should keep, keep pushing it, keep moving forward with it. So now, did you did you start out with uh, with this being in mind? I mean, I guess you know you kind of answered that a little bit, but going into this, you know, you're doing graphic design. Did you kind of go in and think as you're selling this initial piece, like, hey, I want to I want to start doing this and and make a bit of a living out of it? And and was that was that at all part of the thought process? Yeah, I mean, it always is because I mean, I you know, I'm a I'm a provider, a breadwinner for my family. So that's always in the back of my mind. And, you know, part of my motivation is to, to make money, make a living so that I can, I mean, I've got a big family, but we have, we have five kids. So it's a lot of mouths to feed, <laughs> a lot of pressure on me every day to, <laughs> to make it, to make it happen, you know, put food on the table. So yeah, it's always a motivating factor. And, uh, but at the same time, I, I mean, my goal, just like most people is to, find a way to make a living, make money that a, a way that you really enjoy. 
and the, you know you can have fun and you look forward to Monday morning rather than dread it. <laughs> and I've been fortunate to find that. You know, I I love it. I look forward to every, every Monday morning, every morning getting back to work, back in front of the easel. Or I still do a lot of graphic design too, which I really enjoy. So it's yeah, it's awesome. Love it. So with these, with these art pieces, you know, especially the wildlife art, you know, say, you know, this war cry, uh, war cry drawing that you just did recently, you know, I've kind of, I kind of watched as, as you're, uh, putting that together and what, what inspires those typically? Is it, do you look at a picture and think like, okay, you know, I want to draw that or is it, um, is it something you saw in a video? Is it a combination of all that? Like what typically when you, when you want to start a piece, do a new piece, where do, where does that inspiration often come from? Uh, there's a lot, a lot of factors that go into it. Um, just because we just mentioned it. One of them is, is the, just the marketing side of it and the, <clears throat> the appeal that it will have to my audience, which I, I mean, to be honest, that's one reason I draw a lot of elk is because it elk sell. I mean, that's my, <laughs> you know, the, the t- subject matter that sells the best for me. And it, I mean, it's like two to one over any of my other pieces. I mean, people, my audience loves elk probably just as much as I do. And that's the other part of it, you know, the motivating factor or what, what inspires me, what, what helps me to choose my next subject is, is my passion. You know, what I care about, what I, what I love, you know, and love to draw. And I mean, just like I mentioned, I mean, elk are just incredible. So it's, I mean, but all, all wildlife I, I really like, and I'm hoping to eventually expand into some um, international species. You know, I'd love to do some African animals and stuff like that. But, but anyway, that's, that's part of what goes into it as well, the things that I love. So the things, my, I guess, my things my customers love and then the things that I love, and then there's the reference material side of it. And I've been fortunate to be able to work with a few wildlife photographers that have... Um, you know, generously allowed me to use their, their images as reference. Uh, the one I work with the most is Jason Loftus. He's untamed images on Instagram and he's, I mean, just awesome guy and has some incredible imagery photography. He's just, I mean, he's good at what he does. And so, you know, flipping through his images and finding something, an image of his, that just speaks to me. And then when I look at it, I always have to kind of weigh, you know, how's that going to look in my style? in my medium, you know, the white on black and some of his images are just incredible images, but they just, they won't work as well the way I do things. Others are just perfect. Like the war cry. I mean, I love the lighting on it, the way everything turned out, the contrast was just right. So, and I, I enhance that a little bit here and there and I'll make, mm-hmm. I'll make some changes. A lot of times I'll, I'll, I'll take a little artistic Liberty on the, on the antlers. <laughs> You know, make them make them a little bit bigger if I can. But well, but yeah, know, who doesn't want to see a, a huge rack of antlers on an elk? I mean, let's face it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I learned that I learned that from a lot of my graphic design experience. You know, doing contract work for other companies, and I draw a deer or an elk, and you know, build it in design a design and send it off to the client. And they'd you know, this was back in the beginning. They'd come back to me and say. Design's awesome. We love everything about it, but can you make the antlers a little bigger? <laughs> like, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> I can that's do like, that, no problem. That's like the hunting industry's version of, you know, like we talked earlier, I've, I've worked in advertising for 
uh, almost over, I think over 10 years before I, I started my current job. And, uh, you know, that's always the thing, always clients were asking, you know, make the logo bigger, make the logo bigger on, right. on designs. <laughs> I feel like that's the hunting industry's version of this. Make the antlers bigger on it. Make <laughs> yeah. 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 That's kind of an inside joke for graphic designers. I know there's a YouTube video out there. Make, make the logo bigger. <laughs> yeah. There's, I think, I think there's yeah. like a make the logo bigger spray. And, uh, right, right. There was a, oh my gosh, what was it? Yeah. That was a good video. I'll have to find that again. I haven't watched that in a while, but, um, but yeah, I guess that's kind of the cool part, like you were saying though, about being the artist is you can take that Liberty and whether it's making the antlers bigger or just taking an image and adjusting the lighting to, to fit and add that drama. And you have a very dramatic i mean i don't know if that's the correct way to describe a very dramatic style with the high contrast the black and white um it reminds me a lot of uh i'm blanking on his name right now um i used to do a lot of black and white photography in college and um it reminds me of uh, a photographer that i used to really admire and style my work after and he did um michael kenna that's his name he would do very like high contrast black and white photography with like a, a strong light source. So it would almost be, it would almost be like 100% black and white. Um, right. And it was, uh, your kind of style reminds me of that with those, uh, those very bold, uh, very bold contrasts. And it's a cool, it's a cool look. And I think, you know, it adds, adds excitement. I want to see, I might, I might have to try and commission a, a very dramatic, epic uh tree squirrel print from you just to see <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> something <laughs> something that's like huh. like <laughs> something that's like so small but like done in a in a like a over dramatic like very grand fashion would be so cool to see right. <laughs> <laughs> and i've actually i get a lot of requests for for rodents and really even um i've had recently had a lot of requests for uh even just like farm animals, you know, chickens and ducks and, you know, pigs and that kind of stuff, which I'd like to do. I really would. It's just, you know, you got to pick the time. I love drawn elk. <laughs> I love drawn elk. So. <laughs> one day, one day. You, you ever one get requests for, for you ever get requests for uh, people's pets? Yeah. Yeah. Dogs. A lot of dogs. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Which, I mean, they're fun to draw too. I just recently did a, a dog holding a duck in its mouth and it was actually it was a really cool drawing it was fun to do so that's something i'm considering more for the future as well as more dogs and you know bird dogs and bird hunting that kind of stuff see that's kind of cool because it still ties in with you know hunting and and yeah. that that passion for the outdoors and stuff like that so it's a it's still a right. good tie-in yeah and it's exciting for me because i mean i look at i look at what i've done so far and I feel like I've done a lot, but then when I kind of step back, I'm like, man, I've, I've barely, I just scratched the surface of what's out there, you know, and what's open to me with this kind of stuff. So that's exciting. I'm like, man, I wish, I just wish I had more, more time, more hours in the day. <laughs> there's just so many, so many subjects I want to draw on, so many areas I want to get into. I was going to say, that's the nice thing. It's, you know, I, you, I could definitely see how it'd be easy to get kind of fall into I mean, I don't even want to call it a rut, uh, wordplay, an elk rut. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I totally didn't intend that. That was really bad. Uh, <laughs> um, 
I like but it. I, I like I can, puns. Yeah, there you go. I can see how you could easily, <laughs> you know, fall into an elk rut. Um, right. But it's one of the cool things about what you do is literally the the options are unlimited of what you could draw. And so, you know, one day yeah, you're feeling like, you know what, I've drawn a lot of elk. I'm going to draw something completely different. I'm going to draw, yeah, a bird dog with a duck or I'm going to draw a, a cow with a cat sitting on its head or something. You know, it's it's literally <laughs> just, you know, whatever you have a weird dream, you can go out and. <laughs> yeah. And yep. that if you really yeah, to. you know, I'm still I'm I'm limited a little bit because, like I said, this is this is what puts food on the table. So I got still got to pay the bills. Got to play to my strengths and appeal to the customer at the same time. But but yeah, there's you know there's opportunity to to be creative and, and kind of go the direction I want to go. So it's been it's been great. On that note, we're gonna take a quick pause to hear a word from one of my partners. Alright y'all, I'm not afraid to admit that I'm a huge geek when it comes to games, and well, let's face it, a lot of other things too. However, when it comes to nerdy card and board games, I really can't get enough. So when I found out there was a card game out there combining two of my passions, hunting and nerdy adventure games, I really had to pick it up. The game is called Gut Pile, and the goal is to build the ultimate Alaskan hunt. You do so by collecting several cards, including animals such as grizzly bear and moose, hunting locations like Yonder Mountain and Nunya Creek, as well as weaponry, gear, and transportation. But make sure you've got tags or donuts handy because you never know when an Alaskan state trooper will drop in unannounced. It's a great game and a ton of fun for hunters who are inspired to share stories about their past hunts, as well as non-hunters who can be brought into discussions about hunting in a very non-threatening way. If you'd like to learn more, check out my podcast with the guys at Gut Pile Games by visiting livingcountryinthecity.com slash 22 and get $5 off your order from Gut Pile Games by visiting our partners page at livingcountryinthecity.com slash partners. So, uh, we are back. Uh, you also, aside from the wildlife drawing, the more traditional art, you do a lot of uh, digital work, a lot of branding, uh, apparel design, stuff like that. Um, you know, I mentioned I, I do a lot of a lot of web design work, and I've I've been doing a lot of uh, freelance work for just friends and people here in the outdoor industry on, on their websites. And, and I am not a, a logo guy. I am not a branding guy. I'm a, uh, give me, give me your styles and assets and all, um, I'll build a website from, from that. If you need a logo, you got to call someone else. You need, you need this stuff. Right. I'm, I'm not your guy. And so I always admire people that can can work from just a concept, if you will, in someone's head where they're where they're coming to you and saying, you know, hey, this is this is what my brand's about. This is what I represent. This is the image I want to get across. And you're able to work with them and convey that in in an image and a t-shirt design and a logo, whatever that may be. It's, it's a really cool, it's a really cool thing to me. And, and I kind of nerd out on it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it, it is, it's one of the most difficult things to do really, you know, to, to try to get inside somebody's head and see what they're, you know, understand what they're looking for and what they're wanting with, with the brand or with the logo or, you know, with any, you know, branded items, it's, it's a challenge. And, 
<laughs> sometimes it's exhausting. Sometimes it's exhausting. <clears throat> sometimes I, I think that's one of the reasons that I've pushed, started pushing the wildlife for it, just for a little bit of a break from that, because it, it can it can get so difficult to be working with so many different people that have so many different ideas and opinions about, you know, where they want to go with with branding and marketing, and and then when you get to the challenging customers that don't have a lot of experience in the the branding and marketing world and they're coming to you because you do have the experience but then they won't let go of what <laughs> they want to let you do your job you know and, and help them present their brand in a way that is appealing and you know enticing for customers it's just yeah it can be <laughs> it's a challenge <laughs> it is but it but it's fun too you know especially when you when you can get things to click when you get things to work and you create help help somebody create a brand that you know that sees success and you know you help them create a message behind the brand that that really connects with their customer base and their audience i mean that that's just cool to be able to see that happen because i think it's because it is such a challenge to to find success in it you know it's just it, it's satisfying and that's why that's probably why even though I've left client work a few times. I I always come back to it because it's it's fun. I mean, <laughs> I enjoy challenge. Well, I the do big, enjoy challenge. The bigger the challenge, the bigger the reward, really. And and being able to to work with someone on something that's so personal to them too. Like as far as you know, a brand goes, that logo is arguably one of the most important pieces of, of work you'll put together you know you uh it can immediately turn someone off of a brand or turn them onto it you know you look at something you're like oh that's cool i want to check that out versus like oh that looks sketchy i'm not even going to bother reading more it's it's a big challenge and and it's a very personal and important piece and so when you nail it there's got to be a, a super cool sense of uh achieve i guess achievement with that and satisfaction yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've done a few logos that have been, you know, that have, that are really strong and are doing really well for the companies that uh, created them for. And it's, it's awesome to see that, you know, I'm almost like leaving a little, a little legacy behind for me, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> so it's, even though most people, most people have no idea it was me that created it. It's, you know, mm -hmm. there's self-satisfaction in knowing, knowing, yeah, I did that. And, you know, look what it has become. So it's, it's fun to do that, see that. And then there's dudes like me that we're trying to start a blog three years ago and over, I think it was, it was right. would have been this time of year coming up on three years that I started, uh, started the blog well before the podcast. And I was like, crap, I got to put together a logo. I'll just throw this. I was literally like home for the holidays, visiting family, probably sit on my parents couch in in a pair of like flannel pajamas or something with my laptop on my lap watching <laughs> bad christmas movies i'm like ah gotta slam together this logo and i'm like ah this thing kind of works in the interim i'll i'll get back to that and i'll make something eventually and you know three years later now i have it on hats and <laughs> <laughs> i never everyone everyone seems to like it i i to be honest have never liked my logo. <laughs> I tried. I tried working well, with someone. I don't know. If it if it's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
it's working. I've, yeah, the, I mean, I used to, you know, in my younger years, back in the beginning, I used to push logos really hard and be like, you know, if you got number one, you got to have a good logo. You got to have a good logo. If you don't have a good logo, you're destined for failure. I've, I've, through my experience, I've learned that that's not necessarily the case. Um, you don't have to have a killer logo to have a successful business. But one thing I, I do know and I've, I've found out is that having a killer logo only helps. <laughs> it's only going to make things easier. So, oh yeah. Well, it's, I don't know. I get a lot of people that it's so funny that I, people, I still laugh anytime people come to me to ask about like, you know, how do you get started in the hunting industry? And I, I do kind of a spit take from laughing. Um, cause I still, you know, I, I've, I've got people that listen to the podcast, you know, it's, it's become pretty successful and, but I don't know, man. The the one thing I've learned is, you know, you probably shouldn't get started in the hunting industry. <laughs> <laughs> we talked a little bit about yeah. that before the podcast, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just funny. I kind of I didn't really intend for all this to you know be a thing or for me to be part of. I I and I laugh when I say it. I always you know air quotes at the hunting industry because I mean I'm not I'm not making a living from hunting. Like I, it, this podcast and everything around it costs me significant amounts of money. It's just <laughs> the opposite. Um, you know, I don't consider myself part of the hunting industry. Like I look at people like Randy Newberg or, you know, Corey Jacobson who make their, uh, well, uh, Randy also is a CPA. So I think he, uh, he, he makes his living in better ways, <laughs> yeah. but generally like, you know, they have, they have an income from the hunting industry, like a real income source. That's, that's who I consider to be in the hunting industry. But what, like when somebody say somebody's starting, you know, I get a lot of people asking me how to start a podcast and stuff like that, you know, and um, I'll send them kind of my, my little recommendations. But for someone starting out that wants to, even if it's just to create a little personal brand for their Instagram page or, or, um, you know, just something to kind of maybe their their group of buddies they go hunting with. Like I've got some uh, buddies that I go hunting in Arizona with all the time. Uh, uh, guys that hunt three A, and it's it's literally just them. Uh, they're not you know trying to sell merch or trying to start a TV show anything like that. It's just their own thing for them hunting. But say they wanted to, you know, they were starting kind of their brand. What what would what thoughts i guess thought starters would you give them like what what considerations would you recommend they take if uh if they're wanting to start like a brand or or come to someone like you to to build a logo or start building things out well it's got to start long before a logo you know it's got to start with the the idea for the business and it's got to be you have to have something unique um and it's you know, so, sometimes sometimes we get bagging on the hunting industry, and I I get I get roped into that sometimes. But I I hate to do it because I owe the hunting industry a lot because I am I am in the hunting industry and I'm making my living from the hunting industry and I have been for years and years. You know, whether it's the you know most recently with the wildlife art or with my graphic design and branding. For the last ten years, I've been working with different hunting companies. You know, they've been ninety percent of my cut, my 
customer base, my client list for the last 10 years. So it's, I mean, it, it is, it, there's a lot of, and we did discuss this a little bit before we started recording, but there's a lot of pros and cons to any industry you go into and hunting the hunting industry has both. Um, but I think one of the negatives in the hunting industry is that, and it's probably similar in most industries, but it's just, it's, it's kind of the way of the world right now with social media and how it's given everybody a platform, everybody the ability to, to reach an audience. And that's that it's just oversaturated. I mean, everybody's trying to start their own brand and their own business, which is great for guys like me. You know, I encourage it. <laughs> let's do it. You know, give me a call. Let's let's make it happen. Hey, watch out, man. But you're you're be- killing your own business here. You got to be telling everyone. First thing you need is a logo, man. We got to get you a logo. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get a logo and you got to get them no. T-shirts going. <laughs> right, right. All you got to do, I love, I love people come to me and say, I need a logo. I'm like, well, what do you, what's it for? What, what business? Well, I just want, I just need something I can throw on a shirt and a hat. <laughs> like so what's your business i don't know i just want to put it on a shirt and a hat <laughs> like okay but no i mean before you even get to the logo stage you've got to have something unique to offer um like even me just just recently i started doing some which i swore i'd never do and that's put my logo on a t-shirt and, a hat. <laughs> and I, I did it just this past fall and it was fun. It was, it was a cool experience. I'll probably keep doing it because it was, you know, it was well-received. But the See, difference... I'm what, looking what at I your really hats, though, keep... really quick. I'm looking at your hats right now mm-hmm. and because I got your website up. And your logo is the smallest thing on those hats. It's it's right. a piece of art with your logo almost more like a signature exactly. than anything. You're that, offering that's exactly more than your what logo. I was gonna say. Yeah, I'm not selling... You know, I'm I'm not just another shirt and hat company. What I'm doing, I'm selling my artwork in a different format, and that that was the whole purpose behind you know me because I had people just begging me and asking over and over, please put your, can we get this on a shirt? Can we get this on a hat? So I did it, and it was it was good. You know, it was well well received, and I'll probably keep doing it. But but there's something you know in my mind, there's something unique there that it's not just another brand. You know, it's my artwork that's going on the shirt of that. I'm selling my artwork just in a different format. And so for somebody starting a company, that's my suggestion. I mean, you, you got to have something unique, some other reason for it. It's like, you know, Mountain Ops, we, we had huge success selling apparel, but we weren't a, an apparel company. You know, it was, we used the, the branded apparel is more more for advertising and promotion even though it was it was a great uh, revenue generator for us you know the purpose the whole purpose behind the apparel was for the for the uh, brand exposure so i mean that's that's the first thing if you're going to start a business in the hunting industry come up with something unique a unique proposition you know some a unique offering that nobody else has given and and then uh <laughs> Then buckle down and get ready. <laughs> get ready for some tough times because I mean that that's nothing unique to the hunting industry. Starting a business is it's, it's extremely difficult. You know, you make them up with what you think is the coolest idea. You get it out there, nobody likes it. You know, no response. I've had that happen with a lot of my stuff. You know, and, and you just have to keep trying. You know, I don't give up. You have to keep trying. I've I've you know, launched a few different products with my artwork and it just, 
just kind of falls flat. And that just tells me, okay, I got to change things up and do something different. But if you work hard and keep at it, you know, inevitably, you, eventually you're going to, you're going to find something. If, if you're working hard, if you've got talent, if you've got the drive, I mean, you don't even have, you don't have to have the talent yourself, but if you have the ability to make connections and work things out and get the right people on board, helping you out, you know, you can, you can make it happen. There's a ton of opportunity out there right now. I mean, more now than ever before. And, you know, we all, <laughs> we all, uh, this on on social media all the time but man i tried being i tried doing the fine art thing 10 years ago before instagram and facebook was really a thing i don't think they even existed facebook i think was around but it was brand new mm-hmm. and it was a disaster i mean i sold i sold quite a bit of artwork but not nearly enough to provide for my family or even to make it worth it i was traveling around to shows you know setting up booths uh, you know, I'd have to guess on inventory, how much inventory needed. I'd have travel costs, you know, lodging, food, all the costs associated with shows. And, and so I had a couple shows where I think I made, you know, sold $50, $100 worth of work, and that was it. <laughs> but now with social media, I mean, it's changed everything. I've said this before, but if, if you're an artist, there's no better time than right now to make a living. There's always been the the saying – you know, the starving artist, that whole stereotype. Um, I mean, it doesn't really exist anymore. If you're willing to work hard and get, put yourself out there as an artist, there's no better time. There never has been a better time to make a living as an artist. It's just incredible what we can do now with, with social media and being able to reach our audience immediately and directly. And, you know, it's applicable with other, other trades and other crafts as well. Social media is, I mean, it's, <laughs> there's pros and cons to that too, but there's, there's a lot of positive things you can do with it for yeah. sure. It's always, it's definitely, you know, I, I went into this just with every intention of it just being like a fun thing. I always, I, you know, everyone's aware. I say it all the time, you know, my whole purpose was behind this was uh, the podcast was kind of two threefold it all ties together but you know it's just a little bit of self-documentation and having a record of what I did and watching my own progress and two is an excuse to be able to call people up that I admire and and ask them pointed questions about stuff I'm interested in for an hour you know um and then also just uh you know as especially as guys, but you know, people in the hunting industry, you know, you don't always want to, or people getting into hunting, you don't, sometimes it's embarrassing to ask the dumb questions. And I, you know, if I can share all the dumb stuff I do and the dumb stuff I ask and help out someone that may not know to ask that question, may not be willing to ask that question, whatever it is, then that makes my, you know, I always look at my failures as a learning experience and uh, a growth sort of a thing, but there's that added, added value to failing when somebody else doesn't make that mistake because of, you know, that lesson you, that hard lesson you learned. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one thing that, uh, that's cool about your podcast is it's, you've got, 
you got something unique about it. You know, you coming from that perspective of a noob, you know, <laughs> somebody starting out and trying something new, something that's totally alien to you, and then bringing that that perspective to everybody. And you know, it, it's I'm, you know, it's fun for people who who have been in the industry for a long time, long time hunters, to see somebody like you that's willing to put your neck out there, you know, and, and take a chance and and try something new. And it's, it's, it's exciting too, to see somebody new that becomes passionate about something that, that the industry is already passionate about. But then, like you said, for those that, that are from a similar, you know, background that don't, haven't ever experienced hunting and, but it would like to, you know, you provide that, that uh, resource for them to, to learn it and maybe not have to make those mistakes themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not, uh, make their first hunt a DIY backcountry archery elk hunt. Right. You know, just a, just a thought, but you know, but if somebody, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness. I just got, you know, I just got so much love and encouragement from that. (laughs) I actually did. You know, that's the one thing, you know, we, we kind of talked about the, uh, a lot of the crap I got from that, but I also, it also made me realize like the, a lot of the people that were reaching out to me and being supportive and stuff like that. Uh, you know, cause I do it. I started the podcast in March of last year and then, you know, was out hunting in September on, on my hunt. And, uh, in that time, you know, I'd made a lot of cool relationships with, I'm, I'm the type of person I'm like, I don't care what logo you wear, you know, who you're affiliated with. If you're a decent person and you treat me well, you know, obviously I'll take things into consideration. And, you know, if, if a lot of people are talking crap about someone, I'll, I'll try and hear their side to understand if there's just maybe something sketchy going on that I don't know about. But generally I'm like, I, I don't let other people's opinions dictate my associations. Um, I let my own experiences do that. And, uh, I, you know, I just like to know everyone. I like to, I like to network with people and be friends with people. And, uh, you know, I'm just a generally a happy go lucky guy. Um, I totally lost track of where I was going with that, but, uh, oh yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it just kind of made me realize the people that did reach out after that and were like, either like, Hey man, you know, screw those guys. Don't worry about them. You know, they're just, they're just angry, better people for the, you know, people that were talking crap about me or just other people that were like, Hey man, what you did was epic. Sorry to hear that it didn't go well. Um, you know, let me know when you're ready to go out next year and you know, I'm I'll help you out kind of a thing. And this is coming from people that I admire so stinking much that it was like, it was just an amazing realization. Um, so those, it was, it was a cool experience getting, getting attacked like that almost was a really (laughs) encouraging experience at one point. Like it sounds like such a, a weird thing to say, but it's, I mean, that's another thing, you know, I, I get a lot, like I said, I get a lot of, um, a lot of people that are like, Hey man, I want to, once again, I laugh every time. Hey man, you know, I want to get started in the hunting industry and always tell them, I think I even talked about this on a recent episode that I just recorded. Um, uh, there's this movie called the Tao of Steve. It's a terrible movie, 
but um it's uh basically it i always i laugh because it applies to the hunting industry and to be successful in the hunting industry you have to rid yourself of a desire to be successful in the hunting industry you have to just enjoy and love what you're doing and find a good offering and do it because you love doing it not because you want to be successful because uh those you know hey amen <laughs> amen i like that that's true and it, yeah and that that's going to set you up for success in the hunting industry probably anywhere but yeah definitely in the hunting industry oh one thing one thing i i also caution people about when they you know when they have a desire like that is to be careful when you're trying to turn your passion and your hobby into your job because mm-hmm. it's it doesn't always turn out the way you expect it you know, you can end up hating that, you know, you could end up hating the hunting industry or hunting in general. If you turn it into a job, like I look at some of the guys I'm most jealous of, I, you know, have a great job outside of the hunting industry, making an amazing living. So when they go hunting, it's all play, you know, it's all recreation. It's just all fun. (laughs) And I, I actually noticed that when, when I left, after I left mountain ops, you know, when I was at Mountain Ops, every time we went out hunting or we went out doing an activity, there was always this, you know, you got to get a shot, got to get this for marketing, got to get this mm-hmm. for content, you know, always thinking about that the whole time. And then after I left Mountain Ops, I went out hunting and I was like, man, I'm just here because I want to be, you know, I'm just here for fun. So that's, that's something to consider too, for all, all those of you that are oh, yeah. wanting to, wanting to start a business in the hunting industry doesn't always it doesn't always work that way you know like i said i'm in it now i have been for a long time and it just it depends on the nature of the position you're in you know the job the or the uh, company you want to start or work for right now you know it's not that's not the case for me i love it i love every minute of it so <laughs> i've been fortunate for that but. there's definite definitely times when it's you know it it becomes work when it's those late nights when I got to release a podcast or when I realize I haven't posted anything on Instagram for four days and people have probably forgotten what my page <laughs> look, page looks like and um, all of that stuff. When I'm like, I'm not doing anything interesting. And so like, I'm like, I, I like all I'm working all week, you know, I'll have a project or something and I won't, won't even be able to go out and shoot my bow that week or something. Like, so I'm like, all right, dig up an old photo or something. And I don't know download some inspirational Fred bear quote and, and add a cool filter. And, and there we go. Uh, but yeah. yeah, no, it definitely becomes work. You know, you gotta, it's better if you just go at it, you know, for anyone listening that that's thinking about starting a brand is go at it just cause you want to do it. Don't go at it cause you want free stuff. Cause you want to you think you're going to make money off it trust me you will not make money off of stuff something like this anytime soon it will cost you a, a lot more in the beginning than yeah. it will and ener- it'll cost you financially <laughs> it'll cost you energy it'll cost you sanity um a lot of the times it will cost you time are we are we being are we being too <laughs> discouraging <laughs> Oh, we're being realistic. I mean, how do we, how do we put a positive cap on this? <laughs> well, I mean, but then, you know, it does come around to where, with something like this, like, I have gotten to my hunting trips this year. Pretty sure 
every single one of my hunting trips, except for like the few little like solo trips I went on were because I started this podcast. I would not have met these. I'm, you know, I may have run into them on Instagram, but, uh, you know, who knows if I really would have reached out and we would have really connected, but all of these hunting trips I've been on were because I built, uh, built this brand, built this podcast and everything. And I've had people reach out and they saw the struggles that I was advertising and they said, Hey, come on out. Let's get you a deer. You know, these guys at hunt three, a, I, we, the likelihood we would have ever met was, would have been significantly lower had I, I not started this brand. So there are definite huge positives to it. And, you know, there I'm hope I'm still hoping, you know, someday this keeps building and, and it can generate a, a source of revenue for me. Um, but it's not going to happen anytime soon. And I, I doubt it's going to be something I live off of full time, but if it's something that affords me, you know, where I can make a little bit of money to pay for tags and be able to afford that extra tag or be able to afford that extra hunting trip and take that time, then heck yeah. That's the whole reason I wanted to do this was to improve my hunting experience. You know, that's, there's definite positives to starting this, but you've got to have thick skin and a huge work ethic and just a nose to the grindstone mentality if you want to make anything anything work because nobody's going to hand it to you not in the slightest no no and that's i mean again not unique to the hunting industry yeah but i guess i guess i mean you know do it do it first because you love it you know and then take a look at it and see if there's a way to to make a living at it. Oh yeah. You know, that's probably, well, you know, find what your decent advice, <laughs> find what your unique skill is to where it's like, you know, for you, it's for you, it's design and, and artwork and, and drawing and that sort of aspect. Um, for me, it's, I've just, I've grown up with this understanding and, and working in technology with, uh, you know, with websites and stuff like that. And even aside from the podcast, like I, I work with a lot of people in the hunting industry and I build out websites for them, whether that's, you know, for a fee or I sometimes will do work and trade. Um, you know, it's afforded me a lot of cool opportunities find, you know, in addition to finding what makes, you know, I guess for lack of a better term, your brand unique, but what's, you know, find your special skill, whatever you're good at. There's, Likelihood is there's a way you can tie that, use that to make your brand even better. Um, you know, find what your strengths are. Yeah, That's not always obvious. I mean, I, I have this conversation all the time with, especially with, uh, with youth, with kids that are, you know, graduating from high school, going to college. And, and I try to, you know, my, my advice to them is figure out what you want to do first and then go to school to learn that. You know, don't don't go to school to try to figure out what you want to do. Yeah, so you can end up wasting a lot of time, a lot of money. And uh, often their response is, "Well, I don't have a talent like you do." You know, like artwork. I'm like that doesn't mean you don't have a talent. You know, and for me, everybody told me when I was growing up, everybody, with the exception of my parents, told me, "Oh, you're good at art. It's too bad you can't make a living at it." <laughs> I mean, if I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I would have made a living off of that alone. You know. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it just, 
take a look at what you can do and what, and, and more, I think more importantly, what you enjoy, you know, what, and, and try to build around that. You know, like with you, you you got the tech side of things. You you enjoy talking with people, you know, and you've taken taken that some a talent and something you enjoy, put it together and and started this. You know, and added in the hunting, new experience of hunting as well. But yeah, it's tough. I mean, I feel like sometimes I don't fully understand. You know, I, I, I've thought about that before. You know, what if I what if I had to go back and I wasn't an artist? I didn't have that talent. What would I have done? And I don't know. You know, it's hard to to you know theorize about what that would have been like because I've always had the talent and I've always had the really strong desire to make it work. I've I've got other friends that were art, artistic as well, guys that just had incredible skill, but they didn't didn't have the drive or the desire to make it turn it into a living. You know, and they're working it you know, call centers and stuff like that, <laughs> which is too bad. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's something I've thought about. You know, I don't really, maybe I don't really understand what people go through when they've got to try to figure out what they want to do. Cause it's always been, I mean, it's just to be honest, it's, it's always been really clear to me. I've always, you know, I've been headed down the path since I was a little kid to become an artist. But, well, it's, it's one of those things for me. It wasn't super clear. I thought I wanted to do something very specific, you know, I, I wanted to go into advertising, I wanted to be a, a, you know, suit wearing high powered account exec and and make the money drive the drive the roadster, the that whole thing. And I mean, it was this whole transition over the past 10 years. Um, And a lot of that was, I didn't even realize that I had this like design and talent for, for web design. It was just kind of something I did. Um, I didn't know that it would ever turn into something like this, but then, um, it just, I kind of fell into it. And I think a lot of the times you learn about, you don't realize you have a skill, a skill set until you've been doing it for so long that all of a sudden it just becomes something. Um, and that was, that was what it was with me for web design to where it was, I just kind of did it. I never thought of it as like, oh, this is a, a skill set I can really use, use for something important, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I like, I, I really enjoy doing these podcasts cause this is what it does. It, it forces me to come to become very introspective, you know, and, and take a hard look at myself as, <laughs> as you know, you're asking me these, these questions about, you know, where I came from, how I got here. And, the, you know, and I, I just, I just said that, you know, it was always a very clear path to me that I wanted to be an artist. And I think, I think the path was clear and the desire was clear, but man, I was all over the place for a long time. I mean, and, and a lot of that had to do, I think, with how difficult it was in the past to make it, make a living as an artist. And, but I, you know, I was, I, I, I'm an entrepreneur as well. I love starting businesses and a lot of that comes from my my branding and my marketing experience and, and the passion that I have for that. But man, I've started so many businesses and so many of them have failed. And every time I just keep coming back to my artwork. I mean, it's it's like my wife told me, she says it's it's been the only consistency, you know, throughout our entire marriage. It's always been there and it's always been solid and you've always been able to come back to it. 
So it's been fortunate, but, but yeah, I, I mean, there was a time when there was some wandering for me as well. <laughs> You're trying to figure out, can I do this or should I do that? And, you know, just it's, I mean, that's life though, right? That, that's one part of what makes it so good is the trial and error, the experience, the growth and the learning that you have going through all that and having to make those hard decisions and, and put it, you know, have that determination to make something, make something work no matter what. I don't know, man. I might need to start up, uh, start up my singing career now. Yeah. Oh, get, get that, uh, find myself an agent, start releasing an album. Is that something, can... is that something, you, something you'd consider? <laughs> uh, it's one of those things to where I've always told people had to cross your mind, right? Oh, it absolutely. You're, you're in the music business. Oh, all the time. Like, and I wasn't in the music industry until recently, but I've always sung. Funny enough, like I've always, always sung, uh, my whole life. Um, never knew I had a decent voice until college, uh, and I was literally driving around with someone singing so in the car. T- somebody told you? Yeah, somebody <laughs> told me. I'm like, oh, that's not everybody doesn't sing like that, you know? And uh, and you know, it kind of went from there, but um. You know, it's always considered, and I love to, I love to sing. I, anybody that's taken a road trip with me uh, will probably never do it again, but uh, I will sing every <laughs> single song in the car, whether I know it or not, and I, I will sing it loud. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I've always considered it, and I've had a lot of people encourage me to pursue it, and, but I always tell them, it's that, it's that one thing like we talked about earlier where if it was work, it wouldn't be fun for me anymore. If that was, yeah. if I had the pressure of that being something that I had to rely on to make a living, I would hate it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Now, if somebody walked up to me and said, like, hey, here's a song. I want you to sing it. We're going to record an album and, you know, you're going to make profits on it. Uh, I'll be, I'll say, okay, yeah, sure. I'm super <laughs> cool with that. Um, Hard to turn that down. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like if it's, if it's something where I'm, I'm still working at the day job, I'm not having to pursue this thing, then awesome. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, I was going to say, let's, you, you want to sing? Let's, let's create your logo. (laughs) (laughs) All all I need is a logo, right? (laughs) That's awesome though. I've actually, I've been asked, you know, if, if there was one talent that I could have that I don't already possess, what would it be? And that singing is is it like i can't sing worth a dang i mean my <laughs> my wife she she denies this but it happened we uh we were sitting in church right after we got married we were sitting in church on sunday and and we were singing you know at the beginning of the meeting and she leans over to me and whispers in my ear she says joel don't sing because <laughs> it was that bad it was that bad and i know i'm bad but you know, it's just, <laughs> Joel, if Joel, I could have one talent that worship I would love the Lord in your heart, sing. in your heart, yeah, not vocally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just listen, just uh, listen. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of old ladies at our, at our church that always make, uh, give me a nice little ego boost whenever, uh, they always, they'll always sit, you know, two pews in front of, in front of me. And, uh, so they'll, uh, <laughs> Anytime we come into church and they're they're there, I'll always get a nice little eco boost because like, we just always love it when you sit behind us at church. And <laughs> <laughs> is it, that's uh, when you realized you had a good voice? Is when those two old ladies told you? <laughs> no, I actually i I remember. I, I'll admit, you know, I, I remember the day. Uh, 
I realized that exactly. I was in a car. I was driving back from a, this volunteer thing that uh, we had to do for one of our classes. It was like a community service kind of a thing. And I remember there was some Sinatra. We were listening to Sinatra in the car. I can't It was close, coming up to Christmas, and we had like the Rat Pack Christmas album on. And I was in the car with this girl that I just, I was in love with. Oh my gosh, I had the biggest crush on this girl, and she had zero interest in me. Um, but I remember I was singing, and she and she said something, and that's that's what made it snap because it was someone that I was just super interested in. I was like a little college boy uh, with this giant uh, schoolboy crush, and uh, that's I remember the moment exactly. I remember being in being in my Jeep Cherokee, driving back, listening to Frank Sinatra Christmas songs, and uh, that was the moment I knew I could sing. But uh, anyway, <laughs> well, that's cool. I think it's I think it's about time you uh, redo the intro for your podcast. You need to a come up song. with sing a little jingle. Yeah, <laughs> Get a little jingle for <laughs> a little jingle jangle. Living country in the city. I should I should have had like a Christmas version of the of the podcast intro where I change change it up this year. It's a little little late this year, but uh, yeah. oh man, <laughs> oh well, do it. Oh. Why not? Why not? You got an audience. Just start singing. All right, here's the deal, man. If I release an album, you have to do the cover art for it. That's I can do that. There we go. You got it. <laughs> well, uh, the sounds call it like the sounds of September uh, album, and I'll sing about uh, I'll sing about elk bugles. We'll do like a, a sample track of elk bugling. Yeah, I just have them bugling in the background while you. It'll be while like singing. That'd auto, be nice. Auto-tuned elk bugling. It'll be awesome. It's it's a whole new thing. <laughs> You would probably do really well with that. Oh my gosh. The wheels are turning right now and I'm already thinking about which domain name I need to buy. Uh, right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, on that note, um this is starting to devolve into nonsense. <laughs> uh, so, always like to finish up with uh just, you know, I kind of mentioned this to you earlier. If someone came to you and said, "Hey man, you know, I want to I want to get into hunting, get into the outdoors." Um, other than telling them not to start a hunting brand, um, if they were feeling, if they were feeling like discouraged, and, I didn't say, I didn't say <laughs> don't start one, <laughs> start think, one, please, you know, and yeah. call and call me, but, but yeah, be careful about, you know, be, be very, uh, strategic in how you yeah. start one. <laughs> but yeah, if somebody came to you and said, uh, you know, Hey, I want to get into the outdoors, get into hunting. I want to, I just want to get get into this uh but i don't know i just i don't have the background for it or i you know there's too much to learn what what advice or words of wisdom would you give that person well i tell them there's this really cool podcast out there called <laughs> <laughs> living country in the city first go listen to that all right i'll get you, I'll say, you'll get just, your check in the mail <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. and then just do it you know just just go do it i mean that's I love, I, I really love, um, trying new things and, and, you know, new adventures, new challenges. And so I, I think, you know, there's a lot of, there can be a lot of fear and a lot of, um, what's the word nervousness, you know, when, when somebody's trying something new like that, what, what I've, what, and I get those same feelings too. when I, when I try something new, but what, what I try to do is that, I try to take those those feelings that you have inside, you know, that um, just that nervousness, that 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 
that feeling of, of fear or whatever it is and, and turn it into almost like a, like an adrenaline rush, you know, a thrill, you know, and, and, and change your mindset and enjoy that feeling and be like, yeah, this, this is cool. I'm doing something new. You know, I'm, I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone and just don't, don't let anything stop you. I think it takes, it does take a lot of courage to try new things. And I mean, I've, all the new things I've tried, I've never regretted it. You know, some haven't turned out great, but still, I learned from it, you know. So the experience is worth it. Just go do it. You know, there's, there's, in fact, I think we just talked about this with Hush the other day. Um, you know, make sure if you're getting into hunting, make sure you go out and, and do your research. You know, make sure you understand, understand all the laws for the area you're in. But once you get that down, you know, talk to friends, listen to this podcast, you know, find there's so much information available. You know, it's not it's not hard anymore to try things new, new things because there's you can you can learn how to do it. Just pull up a YouTube video. And then but the, the biggest challenge, I think, is just actually taking the steps and making it happen. But uh, do it. You know, don't hold back. Enjoy that. That fear, <laughs> you know, that nervousness. Well, you turn it into a thrill. You only get that those first time experiences once. You know, so enjoy right, them. Right. It's it's you just kind of made me think about that to where, you know, you do that for a while and you don't get, yeah, you get a, an exciting experience and a bit of a rush every time you go out, but you don't get that not like the first time. Yeah, that unsure. You're not as unsure as you normally would be. You don't get that very. Uh, I don't know. You you kind of. That that experience takes takes away a little bit of that that nervousness and rush. Um, yeah, well, I think back when I was uh, I was about I think I was eleven or twelve years old, and I just had this dream. I, nobody in my family, like for generations back, had ever been skiing. Nobody nobody I was related to had ever been to a ski resort. But for some reason, I was just fixated on snowboarding. I'm like I want to snowboard, and nothing's going to stop me. I had a little a K2 pamphlet that I had under my pillow. <laughs> I slept with it under because I was saving up my money waiting for that day when I could buy that snowboard and then go up to the slopes and learn how to, how to snowboard. And I had, I finally was able to get, get the snowboard and I had one of my buddies, he'd go all the time. So he took me up to, we went up to Brighton ski resort and I was scared to death because I, I never, you know, never been there, never done that before. And he took me right to the top of the mountain and we started down the hill, and he cut under the ropes and off into this area called the Rock Garden. I was like, geez, man, my first time, thanks a lot. <laughs> but it was such a thrill, you know, and I just went for it. And, I, you know, I fell down. I got beat up, but it was a blast. And yeah, that, that experience, you know, even though snowboarding is still exciting, still a lot of fun, you know, I'll never forget that first time because it was just – it was such a thrill, and I was so scared. <laughs> you know? That sounds like the snowboarding cool. equivalent of my elk hunt. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I didn't, I didn't, I don't remember any actual physical injury, but <laughs> which I guess you had. But, <laughs> but yeah. But all right. So exciting. look at it that way. <laughs> so if people wanted to uh, buy the artwork, check out uh, the designs, see all the good stuff, uh, where can they find you on the inter interwebs? So my website's joelpilcherart.com. And then uh, Instagram is at Joel Pilch. 
and uh, Facebook is Joel Pilcher Art. So that's where you can, you can find all my stuff. On my Instagram, I do a lot of – I try to show the progress of the pieces as they come together. Sometimes I'll do time-lapse videos. Other times I'll just do still images as the piece progresses. But it's it's been fun sharing that. I think, I think people – at least the feedback I get is people enjoy seeing the actual progression of the piece come together. So, yeah, check it out. Awesome. I'll make sure to link to those on the show notes page for this episode. So make sure you all check that out. Joel, thanks so much for taking the time, hopping on. Had a lot of fun chatting. All right. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was, it was a good time. All right, y'all. That'll do it for episode 91 of Living Country in the City. A big thank you to Joel for taking the time out of his day to hop on the podcast. Make sure y'all head on over to the show notes page at livingcountryinthecity.com slash 91. Check out links to everything we talked about in today's episode. Also, if you want to keep seeing these podcasts released, if you're enjoying the content, make sure you head on over to the support page at livingcountryinthecity.com slash support. Check out all of those really simple ways that you can become part of the Living Country in the City team. But in the meantime, keep it country, y'all. Thank y'all for listening to Living Country in the City. Get show notes and check out the blog, product reviews, events, and more at livingcountryinthecity.com. 